Good morning and welcome. It's good to see each of you here. There's a couple of announcements that are in your bulletin that I want to lift up for you today, just in case you hadn't seen them yet. One is that our this uh, Mary Teasley was our district superintendent who has come off the road and went into a church, and we have a new district superintendent, Reverend Dr. George Al. And on Sunday, August the third, at St. Mark United Methodist Church at 3 p.m., all the laity are encouraged to come and to to a worship event and to meet our new district superintendent. And there will be a reception following the uh, a short worship service. And I hope that you'll be able to attend that particular day. We have a wedding here at uh, four in this sanctuary. So I will be involved with a wedding. So I hope you will come, go and represent the church uh, for us to our new district superintendent. Another, another thing I want to uh, remind you is that this is the final Wednesday, wonderful Wednesdays. They wrap up this Wednesday for the children. Um, they, it's water day. That sounds like fun. I hope you will make sure all the children, if there's anyone you know who has a child who's been in the program that's not here, let them know that for certain. And then finally, I want to lift up about the Boy Scouts. There's a big thing in here about the Boy Scouts are coming on Sunday, August the 24th. Troop 107 will be coming and be an officially part of our church. That Sunday, they will come to both the 9 and 11 o'clock service. In between, we're going to have them in the social hall with some refreshments and all the staff is going to make attempt to go by and welcome them and talk to them a little bit about our church. It's a wonderful opportunity for all of us to welcome these scouts and their scout families to, uh, to Memorial. That's on August the 24th. If you want to help or if you want to know more, if you'll talk to Alan Smith, who is our uh, scout coordinator and happens to be one of the ushers today, if you, uh, you so you can see him, he's here. And uh, But uh, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to welcome these, these scouts uh, to, our, to our church and their families. So I want you to remind you that. I know that's August 24th. That seems like a long ways off, but it'll be here for you anyway, folks. It really will. And finally, the UMC 101 class will finish up tonight at 6 o'clock in the social hall. Let me just say one word uh, to you. Uh, Chris Harris, as you know, had suffered a stroke, and I saw him this week at uh, Roger C. Peace. He wanted me to express his thankfulness, uh, Judy and Chris, their thankfulness to all of you who have who have uh, called or written cards or, or visited, whatever. He, they're very thankful. He is making progress, but he still has a long way to go, and uh, he wanted me to make sure I let the congregation know how much they appreciated it, what what all you have done. And then when we get to prayer time, I hope you'll remember to pray for uh, Pastor Brenda, who had her surgery Friday. It's very, very long and complicated surgery with four surgeons. and But she remains in Greenville Hospital, and everything seems to be okay, and we want to continue to stay that way. And then tomorrow, my mother's having some very serious surgery up in North Carolina, and I'd appreciate and covet your prayers. All right, let us begin our worship.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, make us loyal followers of our living Lord, that we may always hear His Word, follow His teachings, and live in His Spirit, and hasten the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. To your eternal glory. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated let our children come forth for our children's time. Um. 
Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Have you had fun this summer? I know too if you just got back from the beach and I know somebody else who went to the beach. Did you have a good time? Good time. You had a nice summer and it's going to end pretty soon and you're going to meet some new friends when you go back to school or learning. You're going to meet new people. So this morning we're going to talk about something and the scripture comes out of the seventh chapter of Matthew. And what it says is, do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Now that's a hard thing to understand, isn't it? But I've come up with a way to sort of tell you how it's done. I've got something this morning, and I want to show it to you. What is this? What can we tell about the egg? It's what color? It comes from where? A chicken, that's right. It's, can we tell about anything else with the egg? What's inside of it? There's no chicken inside there. It could be, if I broke it, it looked like scrambled eggs, right? Or, if I boiled it like an Easter egg, it could be hard inside because it was all cooked. But we really don't know what's inside of it, do we? And that's kind of what this scripture's about. What it means is that when we meet new people, we know if they have brown hair or brown eyes, or they have blonde hair and blue eyes, or if they're tall or short, but we don't know what's in their heart, do we? Until we get to know them, we don't know much of anything about them, right? So when we meet new friends, we need to have our minds open, and we need to find out what kind of person they are, so that we can be a good friend to them, and they can be a good friend to us. Now getting back to this egg, what do you suppose is inside? How many think it's raw, like scrambled eggs? Yeah, do you think it could be that, or do you think it's cooked, like an Easter egg? What do you think, Anna, is it raw or cooked? Not sure. Well, we're gonna find out. You ready to find out? I'm gonna put this down, because I don't wanna make a mess, okay? And we're gonna count to three, and at three, I'm gonna break the egg. And we're gonna find out what's inside. You ready? One, count for me, two, three. There's nothing inside of it at all. See, it's empty. So we would have all been wrong if we'd have said it was, it was cooked raw because there's nothing there. So when we meet new people or we have new friends, get to know them, get to know what's in their heart, get to know the kind of person that they are before we make decisions on what, whether we like them or not, okay? Let us pray. Dear God, help us to have open minds and open hearts to all the people that we meet so that we can learn to love them and be a good friend. In Jesus' name, amen.
morning. Our first scripture is Psalm 105, verses 1 through 11, pages 942-943 in your pew Bibles. <clears throat> Give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, make known among the nations what He has done. Sing to Him, sing praise to Him, tell of all His wonderful acts. Glory in His holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord, Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Remember the wonders He has done, His miracles and the judgments He pronounced. O descendants of Abraham, His servant. O sons of Jacob, His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers His covenant forever. The word he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, and the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed, confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The Bible study, please. Thank you. Appreciate that.
was one announcement that I failed to repeat from nine o'clock and let me do that. There, in response to a Bible study request on stewardship, there will be a Bible study on stewardship that begins Sunday, August the 10th at 5.30 in the social hall. And if you'd like more information, this information is in your bulletin. If you'd like more information, you can uh, contact uh, Jimmy uh, Fowler or the office. Let us bow our heads first time of prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you, you are one who has always remembered the covenant you made with us. And you remain steadfast to it. And because of that, we have received much goodness and mercy from your hands. But we must confess that we've not always kept up our end of the bargain. And so many times we failed to live up to the covenant requirements that we have made with you. And we've been given this wonderful treasure of this covenant with you, and we act as this is not very valuable. So we lack faith in so many ways, O oh Lord, when we act this way. And we pray, O oh God, that where we have fallen short of conforming to the image of, of you, that you would forgive us, that you would supply us with a fresh dose of the Holy Spirit so that we might indeed be the people you'd have us to be, and that we might indeed be people who follow the covenant made with you, and that we might, in, that, in doing that, advance the kingdom. We know this day that many have labored for rewards that they failed to receive. We remember this day people who we know who have worked for fullness of life and have been kept from attaining that goal because of either injury or disease or death. We lift up all those who are troubled in mind or spirit. We pray for each one on our prayer list and each one in our hearts now. Oh God, in your everlasting mercy, grant them and us peace. And if it be thy will, relief from suffering and restore us all. Help us to always remember that nothing will separate us from your love. So we pray now that you hear us, these things we ask. For we ask them in the sake of Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward.
Please be seated. Well, we come to our end of our journey with Abraham and Sarah. The journey is tested. If you recall, uh, when we started out, uh, Abraham was known as Abram, and Sarah was known as Sari, and they uh, lived in a pagan land and near their families. And God called him to leave. Come forth and follow me and go to the place I will show you. And he responded in faith. And then last week, after 24 years, Sarah was finally pregnant with child. The children that had been promised all those years ago were finally starting to come about. And so now we pick up Abraham again. This time that child is grown to be a young man. 
And his, Abraham's faith is tested. I'm beginning at Genesis 22, verse 1. Give attention to the reading of God's Word. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He then bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. He then reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, it's hard for us to read this passage without being filled with so much emotion. We can't help but wonder what was going through Abraham's mind and Isaac's mind. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to see and to understand that you will provide for us. 
when we act boldly in faith in obedience to Your Word, You will provide for us and You will help us accept the provision. In Your name we pray. Amen. You know, Abraham was not a perfect man. By no means his life is, is laid to bear for the whole world to see and examine in the pages of Scripture. Uh, he had many peaks and many valleys. We see faith and failure in his life. We see courage and fear, bounty and sacrifice. And it's important to know that by this time in our text, God had been preparing and molding and shaping Abraham for more than 40 years. But now it was time to put the years of development to the ultimate test. It was time to see if the building of Abraham's character had resulted in the hope and faith that the Lord was after. And I believe as Christian people today, we can, by examining this testing of Abraham's faith, gain some insight on living our own lives, on living a life of faithfulness. And so the first thing I want you to hear and to know and to understand is this, a life of faithfulness will be tried and tested. A life of faithfulness will be tried and tested. You know, if you remember your scripture, you'll remember that the Lord uh, led the people of Israel for 40 years after Moses uh, took them out of Egypt. And the scripture says it was to humble them and to test them, to know what was in their heart, to see whether or not they were faithful people. God tests the hearts of his people to gauge their spiritual condition and to help them grow spiritually and stronger so they can face the things they must face. Oftentimes we get this testing, though, confused uh, with temptation. There is a difference. Uh, James chapter 1 tells us that temptations come from the wicked desires within us, but tests come from the Lord who has a special purpose to fulfill in us. It's important to remember that the devil uses temptations to bring out the worst in us, while God uses trials to bring out the best in us. Temptations oftentimes seem logical at the time, while trials seem very unreasonable. And the key is this. When tests come, focus on the promises, not on the questions. Focus on the promises of God. Don't look for explanations. Our faith is not really tested until God asks us to bear what seems unbearable, do what seems unreasonable, and expect what seems impossible. Listen to me again. Our faith is not really tested until God asks us to bear what seems unbearable, do what seems unreasonable, and expect what seems impossible. So if we are to live a life of faithfulness, the first thing that we have to realize is that our life will be tested, it will be tried. The second thing I want you to see is this, that every life of faithfulness 
comes with a cost. If you recall, Jesus told His disciples to drop everything and to follow Him. Believe everything that they had, everything that they knew, and to follow Him. Throughout his life, Abraham had been called to leave familiar things and to make sacrificial offerings to the Lord. And even though this command to sacrifice Isaac had to have been the ultimate test, the real point was not to sacrifice Isaac, but for Abraham to sacrifice his own will, his own wisdom, and his own ways. You see, the Scripture says this best in Proverbs where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The, a life of faithfulness requires sacrifice. It requires obedience to God's Word. It requires us to sacrifice our will, our wisdom, and our ways for God's will, wisdom, and ways. It means holding on to God's truth no matter how heavy the burden or how dark the day. And Abraham took God at His word. And despite the difficulty of what Abraham had been called to do, Abraham would not let go of the promises of God. Instead of focusing on explanations or questions, Abraham focused on the promises that God had spoke to him in the very beginning that were not yet fulfilled. Hebrews 1.16 tells us that without faith it's impossible to please God. Abraham was holding on to those promises of God that had yet been unfilled, that said that his descendants would come and that his descendants would bless the earth. And even though he had heard the word to carry his son to be a sacrifice, Abraham was able to reconcile in his mind that if he was obedient to God's word and to God's command, that God would still bring out the promises that were yet to be fulfilled. Hebrews 11:17 says it like this and Hebrews is a New Testament book written several hundred over 2000 years after after 3000 years after Abraham centuries later this is what was said about this act of faith It says in Hebrews when God tested Abraham and asked him to offer Isaac as a sacrifice Abraham, who, had, who, who, had, who was about to sacrifice his one and only son, and even though he knew that God had said to him through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned with and your offspring will be a blessing to earth, here's the key sentence. Abraham reasoned. This is what the Scripture says. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from what would have been sure death. You see, Abraham focused not on explanations, not on questions, but on the promises that God had made to him that were not yet fulfilled. 
And this is such an important point. It's important to remember that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Lord revealed Himself to Abraham that day in a new and powerful way. There on Mount Moriah, which is in Jerusalem, is the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It's built over this spot. Abraham came to know God in a new way. Not only was God the one who promised things, but God was the source of all things. And that the Lord provides. And I think it's important for us to know that the Lord sees our hearts. The Lord understands our minds and our thinking. And in response to our hearts of worship, the Lord provides for us. And I think it's important, it's so important for us to grasp this and to think about this. Isn't it good to know that, that the Lord, that whenever we go through a season of testing, the Lord provides? That when our month outlasts our money, the Lord provides. When we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, the Lord provides. When we're troubled on every side, the Lord provides. In the Scriptures in 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth so that He might support those whose heart is His. Friends, God is looking after us. And through all the trials and tests and that we go through in life, God's promises still stand. And God's promises will lead to provision. And God will provide what you need to get through that test and trial with the ultimate hope of eternal life and healing. Listen, God's provision. A couple basic facts about God's provision. We should expect it when we have the need and not a moment sooner. Just when you need it, just enough. Not one moment sooner. That's the way God's provision is. We should expect it because we trust God and we obey His instructions. Hudson Taylor, the founder of China Inland Mission, once said, when God's work is done God's way, it never lacks God's supply. And that's true. So remember, one, in times of testing, which will surely come, it is easy to think about everything but the promises of God. It's easy to think about all the questions and look for explanations and all the burdens and the needs, but instead we must focus on our Lord Jesus Christ and on promises of God. And we should ask ourselves, not how can I get through this, but what is God teaching me through this? What can I do in this that will honor the Lord? 
No wonder Abraham is held up as such an incredible person of faith. But if you saw and heard those scriptures, you see that it's a prefiguring of something else. The God who would take His own and only Son and offer Him as a sacrifice for us. But on the third day, He restored Him to life. And when He did, He restored all of us to life. Friends, sufferings will come. But oftentimes, our sufferings in our life are kind of wasted because we neglect or ignore the opportunities that are in them. Hudson Taylor, as I just uh, referred to, has a plaque that he said that hangs in his home. Uh, he was the founder of China Inland Mission, and he has a plaque. It has two Hebrew words: Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh. Now, Ebenezer means "Here hath the Lord helped us." That's why you will see lots of times they would build an altar of remembrance. And like the hymn says, here I raise my Ebenezer. It is the place that we want to remember that the Lord has helped us. This is the place. And so we raise an altar to it and we remember it always. Here hath the Lord helped us, Ebenezer. And then Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will see to it or provide. The Lord will provide. Now you think about this being on a plaque. One looks back, you see, one looks back to see all those places where God has worked in the world and in our life. How many times have you said, looking back, I can see where God's hand was with me. Looking back, I can see how God was working things to this conclusion. So one looks back. The other one, though, reminds, reminded him, he said, of God's faithfulness that the Lord will always provide and the assurance of God that we all need. Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh. Here hath the Lord helped us and the Lord will provide. Friends, when we live a life of worship, we will be tried and tested. It will involve cost. It will require our obedience. Part of the strength that we get to, to live through that is in solidarity with our Christ who never shunned the trials that were put upon Him, who sacrificed for us. The strength that we need to be able to move forward in our life after tragedies and testing is fueled by this thing called faith that Abraham had. 
This thing that Abraham had that he kept on held to right up to the moment that he almost put the knife in his son was this simple thing that God's promises had been made to him. And in the end, you must remember that you are secured by God's provision. In this journey of life that we're all on together, we either believe the covenant of promises or we do not. I contend to you that when we believe in the covenant of promises, it will help us to get through what we go through. It is part of God's provision for us. It is part of fulfillment of His promises to us. And like Abraham, this faith will be credited as righteousness. And we must continue on the journey. And so I offer you these words for you to remember what God has done and that God will provide and encourage you and give you hope. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. May you always know the blessings of the of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God now and forevermore. Amen.